heard about this videotape that kills you when you watch it? What kind of tape? A tape. A regular tape. People run it, I don't know. You start to play it, and it's like somebody's nightmare. Then suddenly, this woman comes on, smiling at you, right? Seeing you through the screen. And as soon as it's over, your phone rings. Someone knows you've watched it. And what they say is, you will die in seven days. Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff. And happy Spooktober. We are two weeks into Spooktober here at Spooky Tuesday. (laughs) And this week... (laughs) (laughs) We are covering a movie that made me shit my pants when I was but a mere (laughs) child, and that is The Ring. This fucking movie. This fucking movie. I didn't watch this movie for like, what, how many years has it been? For like 18 years or something, because I was so scared because all the kids who watched, one, I saw the trailer, I think, and it scared the shit out of me. Two, all the kids who did see it in 2002 were like, I died from watching it. And it was the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. And I was like, I will die. That's the scariest movie ever made. Um, and then I watched it like in like 2016 and it is pretty scary. Not the scariest movie ever made. And then I watched it last night. Fucking freaked out. <laughs> I'm so freaked out now. I spooked myself when I was pulling the quotes. I spooked myself like 20 times. <laughs> had you seen it, Chelsea? You hadn't, right? No, I hadn't. Um, allegedly, because apparently I watched it on some like friend trip that I went on. But like I said, I think I fell asleep and I and I didn't see any of it. <laughs> um, the thing is that this movie is so um present in pop culture that there had been so much of it that I already knew about or had seen in some way or had seen parodied um I saw a post recently on Tumblr or Twitter I think actually that was like um I'm at just the right age to have seen the scary movie movies and not another teen movie before I saw any of the movies that they were parodying. Yeah. Um, which, which is exactly the case for me. Cause I mean, we talked about that when we watched scream Two. I was like, I had seen scary movie and scary movie Two, And I did not realize how directly it was parodying that movie. The, the theater yeah. scene with Jada Pinkett Smith, Jada Pinkett at the time. Um, I knew the the ring scenes and scary movies were about the ring. You know what I mean? But they're also so exact that like it so is almost exact. as though I had seen parts of the movie already. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I and I liked it and I'm excited to talk about it, especially the ending. Um, but I I wasn't scared really at any point you know you know what I mean I I wonder like it was just too saturated in pop culture for me usually I get like 
one like ah! or something at one point in the movie you know what I mean um I I like to have at least one um and I didn't I didn't have like a, any any little jumps or any little screams at any point for this film but I did still like it I think I was just in a spooky spooky mood because I was just like mm. quaking from the beginning I was like deeply unsettled in my soul um at the very for the first like 30 minutes and then the middle 30 or 40 or 50 even because this movie <laughs> I think is a little it's too long very long <laughs> uh, so long there are parts that maybe my brain shut off completely uh I tried to rewatch some of them right before, but I was like, no, I don't remember this at all. And I've seen this twice now. Um, and then I came back in right for the good part, you know, <laughs> and the end slaps. <laughs> but okay, right, well, you're, I totally agree with you about the scary movie thing, because scary movie three was like, I did see that. My scared ass saw that. And I was still terrified. And <laughs> I was still terrified of that. And and to this day, if you say like, oh, scary movie or scream, I like synonymously like I associate those names. Like I was talking to Adam last night and he was like, oh yeah, this reminds me of scary movie, obviously. And then I was like, oh yeah, it does remind me of Scream. And he's like, I literally just said scary movie, not Scream. Like they're synonymous <laughs> to me. They're all the same. <laughs> okay. Well, if you, dear listener, just like Chelsea, haven't seen this movie yet, <laughs> uh, The Ring is about a journalist whose niece has like a freaky deaky death I mean gruesome scary flashback death uh and starts investigating a mysterious videotape which causes whoever watches it to die in seven days seven days (laughs) (laughs) which it's been seven days since we have told you that we were going to watch the ring. Which one do you think? Yeah. Which one? I I mean, I think we all had to have watched it. Which one do you think is going to die first? We might've actually made like a huge mistake by telling all of our listeners to watch it last Tuesday because they might all be dead now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's who I was asking. You know what I mean? I just want to know, like if they watched it seven days ago when prompted, um, I didn't watch it until last night. So I'm, I've got myself a nice little, um, bubble of time here. I'm, I'm good for a little bit longer, but, but if they were on top of it and they were like, I'm ready to go right now, like RIP, sorry. Our download numbers just tank. Uh, (laughs) we did this to ourselves, you know, uh, we might have girl bossed a little too close to the sun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, when my my first other than scary movie, my first recollections about this film are one of the guys that I watched it with was just like a, a hater, I guess. And I remember him mocking this movie and I don't remember exactly what he was mocking, but just like some logical leap like the videotape must be what's killing people or something like that which is like okay first of all yeah does this movie make 100% sense it doesn't need to you know what I mean I don't mean I don't need to know how the videotape works I don't need to know and also like that's the exact premise you know what I mean that's how they open the movie by being like did you hear there's a videotape that kills people like that's all I need. You know what I mean? I think um, I I really liked this movie. I'm so excited to tell you um, the the ratings on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes when that moment comes because uh, 
there's, there's some real variety there. Um, <laughs> but, but I just think, you know, like do things have to always make sense 100% of the time? No, shut yeah. up. Enjoy the experience. You know what I mean? Chelsea, you've grown think- so much on the pod from when no, we started no, no, no. all right you demanded <laughs> all logic and every film and I was just like it doesn't make sense it's fine <laughs> supernatural things don't need to make sense because they okay, don't okay. exist in our Important realm of reality or maybe they do whatever but I am not yeah, familiar yeah. enough with them to know the rules that exist already and there are some explanations if you read IMDb trivia, they have like a lot of information that either comes from the the Japanese movie from 1998, Ringu, or from the original novel or from The Ring 2. Like they do try to explain things more in the sequel. And there's also like a whole IMDb trivia paragraph at one point explaining like the how the actual cause of death from the videotape basically making your brain explode from the inside out or whatever which like okay yeah um I also read something <laughs> that I must it might have been from the novel because there was a mm-hmm. novel of this book I don't know if, I think that was first it wasn't like a novelization of Ringu or Ringu I'm not sure how you say it um I also really want to see the original though I read a yeah, few oh, articles we should do it yeah, oh, yeah we should totally do it um because most of the time, the American, I would say almost every time the U.S. remake is way worse. So, <laughs> so I did read an article that was like, this is the only time that it's better. But like, I'm going to wait to see it myself. Try <laughs> to say be- better in quotes for now. Yeah, but there was something that was in the article about the novel that was like watching the video like gives you a tumor in your brain and then that kills you seven days later and I was like wow I don't actually need that <laughs> I'm actually no oh okay. can you tell me that a videotape kills people that's oh, plenty you know it's a Let's tumor not get in the viewer's the heart in their heart in your heart the novel also that states makes... that the tape manifests a tumor in the viewer's heart and then kills you on the seventh day um and there's all this shit about like because apparently in the book Samara, our little spooky mm-hmm. girl, is called a nen- nensha, and sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, and it's some sort of like cr- creature, spirit, something like that. That and she has psychokinetic powers to burn images, feelings, or memories into objects with her mind. So yeah. that's why she makes those weird <laughs> X-ray pictures in the movie. No explanation. We didn't need it, but now you know. <laughs> well, it's like, also that. <laughs> But like, it's also why we learn like the horses all committed suicide and like killed themselves was like, she made the horses kill themselves. Did she? Oh, cause she didn't like the barn. Mm-hmm. Because they yeah. kept her up the at night, night. And they kept her up at night. She yep. doesn't sleep as you well know. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, we're, get, we're getting ahead of ourselves okay no 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 I like where we're at um and and so sorry to anybody who thought that there wouldn't be spoilers for a movie that came out in 2002 that also first of all you know if you are listening to this podcast you are spooky enough to have already known pretty much everything that happens in the ring even if you hadn't seen the ring like there's just no way to get around it I knew everything except for the horse thing you know what I mean what the the main details at least um but yeah the the thing that I saw for Samara was that like 
she's beaming images into your brain as well and that's what makes your brain explode from the inside out because it just gets like overloaded essentially nice nice. um and that's why in the moment right before and you see this in the beginning with amber tamblin um this intro is so um, good but but you see this in the beginning with amber tamblin you get like the flashes of the images right before she died or maybe you don't see this in the beginning i honestly can't remember but there is an imdb trivia piece that's like if you don't see it but you go frame by frame they're there um so oh, yeah i don't remember those i won't go back to it though because that part <laughs> freaked me out so much yeah <laughs> frankly those images are extremely disturbing um like and- i don't need to see a nail go through a finger another oh. time ever again and now i've seen it like 20 times in one movie no 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 no. The, no the thing about those also is that like some of them we did get a lot in the movie and then some of them truly exist just in that moment with like a box of fingies crawling around you know what i mean and Ooh, i don't know what fingies. the box of fingies was about but like love it very spooky they're actually um, it's called the wiggy fingies if you didn't know um i just made that up right now but it's oh, now I fully something believed that i will you. <laughs> i'm really good at saying things with conviction um but i said if you said it, it, it rhymes and i really liked it wiggy fingies <laughs> sure but yeah, um, that you're they, uh, she's her psychic ability is that she can like beam it into people's brains or the images burn it into things. And they were going to have a whole scene that was like CGI of like inside of a, I, I don't a know brain? what the machine, no, no, no. Like oh. inside like a VCR machine of the like tape being created. And I don't know if they were referencing like when Rachel copies the tape or or Samara oh. like somehow creating the original tape or whatever. Um, mm. But I think that could have tied into that. But also again, I don't need any details about her psychic abilities to burn images into things you know what I mean it just is spooky and paranormal and those things you're not supposed to fully understand you know what I mean if they give you rules I think they should have to stick to the rules that exist Mm -hmm. but if they don't give you the rules I don't know them I can't be expecting to hold them accountable to things that I don't know and that don't exist potentially I like the idea of Samara just being like, damn, I'm an evil ghost spirit. And I really want to get my the word out there about all the fuck shit that happened to me. And also I'm evil. What's the hottest technology right now? It's the VHS. VHS. And she just like divines a fucking VHS out of the ether. I think that's how it happens. <laughs> okay, it- but I, I was about to say, I also love the fact that like, She's just like, you know what? I'm evil and fuck my mom. So let's make a murderous VHS tape. Fuck I'm you, mad. Mom. Talk about teen angst. She's like 10. <laughs> Same thing. Tween angst. That might tween. even be worse. Oh, tween. Less development. Your body is going through so many changes at that time, yeah. you know? It's very and complicated being a 10-year-old. That and on top of that, she's going through her evil, evil metamorphosis too. You know, that's a whole nother set that we didn't have to go through. Um, as far as I know, you guys might be evil, um, and, and we just haven't that hasn't come to light yet. But I'm not, so I know that for sure. <laughs> Even though I'm the bad girl in the pot. <laughs> um, okay, so something that I just want to say really quickly to set the scene for this entire film. 
um, is that one, the name of the director for this film is Gore <laughs> Verbinski, which is the greatest name of all time. The second greatest thing about Gore Verbinski, besides the fact that that's his name, is that he directed Mouse Hunt. Have you seen Mouse Hunt? No. The greatest film of all time that no one has seen. I made Adam watch it. It is a movie with what's Nathan Lane and oh Matthew Broderick. No, it's not Matthew Broderick. Nathan Lane and someone else. Um, and they inherit a string factory and a house and the house they're trying to sell, but they can't because there's one mouse that lives in the house and it causes all these hijinks and Christopher Walken is in it. It's the greatest movie of all time. And it is nothing at all like The Ring in any way, shape or form. It is a slapstick comedy, like very vaudevillian. <laughs> so he he did Mouse Hunt. And then later on, he was like, I'm going to do The Ring. That's what I'm going to do. I love that. There, there are strings in this movie. So he, he was like, I love string. I got to bring that back. That was super fun. <laughs> Okay, listeners, if any of you have watched Mouse Hunt and it meant anything to you, please say something to me because this is one of my favorite childhood <laughs> memories. This movie, no one knows. <laughs> but yeah, he do did a good you, job with this. Do you think, um, I was going to make a joke about this at some point, but now now that we've already talked about Gore Verbinski or whatever, I'm not sure how to format it. Um, I was going to joke that this movie was directed by Catherine Hardwick. So how do we now um, give it... <laughs> It is entirely blue the entire time. Is that why you're saying that? It's yes, green also, the entire time. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's set in Seattle, which is not far from Forks. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of um, through lines here. Also, uh, Davy Chase, Davy Chase, truly don't know. Do either of you know? No. No, I couldn't tell you. Best of wishes to her. Um, she lost out on a role in Panic Room to Kristen Stewart of Twilight fame. So, you know, clearly the there was some kind of- are there. Yes. Some kind of behind the scenes collaboration was going on. I don't know what exactly, but something. Right. And another fun through line is mm-hmm. Ryan Cox <laughs> Which, is the okay. dad in this movie- just like Ryan. he was the dad in the autopsy of Jane Doe. Ryan, Loves to I be a dad. <laughs> Loves, Loves to be, be a dad. dad. Great at it. Great at it in different ways. Very different father-child dynamics. Um, but also like he's like 10 years, 15 years younger in this. And so I was like, is that another man? Or is it Brian Cox? And then had to do some Googling. I don't know why my brain wouldn't recognize him. But, you know, he's like has been the same oldness level for 15 years. I don't know how old guys do that. They kind of just stagnate at 50, I feel, 55. <laughs> yeah, I but- mean, I honestly don't know because I I did not realize that it was Brian Cox until something on IMDb was like, Brian Cox wanted to do this movie so badly that he didn't take a movie or a role in a movie called Ghost Ship, which we have to watch because I've seen it <gasps> and it's insane. Oh, um, yeah, we have to do Ghost Ship. <laughs> but but I love to recognize people in films. Like I I recognized um, Polly Perrette in this instantly. You know what I mean? I recognized Amber Tamlin instantly, although obviously Amber Tamlin, um, pretty, pretty recognizable. Um, but... <laughs> I, I've got some kind of face blindness when it comes to Brian Cox, because while I haven't watched Succession, where he also plays a dad. Um, oh, he's in that? Typecasting. 
he's he's the main dad in that did you oh. see my succession joke on social media we have never watched succession so and, oh, I, yeah, and I texted did. both of you guys so that i didn't mess misrepresent you when i made that oh. joke and yeah i guess wow i didn't get the joke and i was just like it's just it's sometimes i just don't get it and that's just sure. my fault Chelsea, you know we just it's trust not on, you it's so not much on. with the social media that <laughs> we're like me. this this will land it's fine it won't land because I'm my own target audience. And I guess um, that's <laughs> if you fine. Act, and I make that's my posts for me. Um, but I, but, I, will, I yeah. promise to go back and heartily laugh after understanding. Oh, you'd better. I will um, immediately. But, but yeah, he plays the mean dad who tells everybody to fuck off a billion times in succession. That's the um, groundwork that you need laid for that joke, by the way. Um, but he's oh. the mean dad. <laughs> I remember the post now. I was like, I don't really know what's uh, going on, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo! Phew. Okay, it's coming together now. Thank God. Um, but yeah, he I I haven't watched it, but I have seen enough of everybody else watching Succession to recognize him in that role. But even though he is mostly identical across his his different roles since I guess 2002, um for some reason, he's just like old man. You know what I mean? It's not registering. I don't know why. But he's got such range in his acting. He plays so many different types of dads. You know what so I mean? So many different dads. So many different dads. Although I would argue there's probably some overlap between this dad and succession dad. Which oh, yeah, is not dad nice. Sucks. With ang- which is, yeah, big, big anger. Um, Although in this specific role... I mean, it's complicated. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was just like, I, I had seen the movie before, obviously. And and so in ca- if you haven't seen the movie, you know, there's the beginning part where you're scared and you're f- just figuring things out. And then there's the middle part where it's just a mystery kind of show <laughs> for 45 minutes. Um, and that's where I really like was uh, snoozing on it. Uh, couldn't tell you the stuff they found out. Couldn't tell you. I know. Okay, wait, I have a question. Is there a part where the the boyfriend, husband, guy, neither of those are the baby daddy, the baby daddy. Thank you very much. Um, Does he find like of where the video is from in, in like a library and it has all of their names on it if they've watched it? Did that happen? Uh, no. What he oh, do you want to he said, who is the last person who checked it out? And the guy was like, oh, it was you. No, um, I see, I see what led you to these conclusions. Okay. Yeah. 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 um, (laughs) Yeah. He was like trying to check out the medical records for Samara or whatever. And then he went back and said that he was Brian Cox's character. Um, and so he said he was her dad and there was like Damn. a list of the last people who had accessed that that video and the last person was brian cox the dad his character and oh. so that guy who was like i know you're not this person obviously but also what do i care frankly um that was him being like oh it was you um but it was that was a list of like it was i think that was still like the medical record place it was just when he Here, went back under his uh, how identity. they figured out where to go was that they were looking at <laughs> one of the scenes what i'm just remembering i'll i'll mention it in a moment you're you're on the right track 
<laughs> okay. I was you're like, what did I do now? <laughs> no, you're great. Um, they like stretch an image in the video and they oh, find yeah. a lighthouse. And that's uh-huh. where we have the weird fly moment where they, she pauses it and a fly on the video is like twitching. And so she just plucks a fly out of the video. And then her nose bleeds. Yeah. Dude, okay. But, that part I was awake for. Um, but she goes and then matches that lighthouse and then looks at that island and sees yeah. more like news clips about all the mysterious things. So she knows where to go. Yeah. I That's saw- what I was laughing about because she's like oh, a lighthouse. And then she goes to the library and I was like, what is she going to do? Ask for all the lighthouse books. And then they give her a book and it's like America's lighthouses. And I was like, she did just ask for a lighthouse books. And they, they gave them to her and she found it immediately. The illustrated history of America's lighthouses or whatever came through for her. Bitches love lighthouses, honey. Okay. They love them. All right. And I'm bitches. I I love lighthouses. (laughs) I also want to know, like, what would this movie look like if it was, I know they made like the ring two and the ring or rings rings is the one that came out in like 2015. Yeah. I have seen neither of them. I, they do not exist to me. I don't know what they are, but like, and I heard rings sucked real bad. Can't speak to ring two, but I heard rings like people were like, it's awful, (laughs) but like, it wouldn't be a VHS tape. Yeah. That's what this one deals with. Would it be like a haunted, like Reddit clip or like a, like a a cursed TikTok folder. A cursed (laughs) TikTok is the funniest Oh my God. Everyone in the world up on my for you page and like what happens? Like, first of all, okay, spoilers for the end of the movie, because I'm going to discuss this in that context. Um, The end of this movie reveals it's a little bit like it follows, like you have to distribute, you know what I mean? Uh Um, And, and we'll, we'll get into the details of that later. But um, the funniest fucking way to distribute it in a follow-up movie or in um, a reboot or something would be to make it into a TikTok. That is so funny. It's absolutely hilarious. They should do that. Someone should Somebody make that. option this from, from Sydney right now. This Thank is a brilliant you. idea. Genius. Ring five, four. Wow, I skipped one. <laughs> I know. Let's I just was... skip four. Go straight to five. <laughs> I was going to say, I think if you did another sequel or a reboot or something at this time, it still would be kind of fun to do it as a haunted VHS tape. You know what I mean? Because then you have to like really make the commitment to watch it. Um, And, and frankly, you get what you get when someone is like, fr- Rachel in this movie did not, that was not fair to Rachel because she obviously didn't really understand or appreciate. Nobody warned her like Becca came to Katie. Katie had already watched it in the beginning, but Becca was like, have you heard there's this haunted videotape that kills you and people rent it on purpose after hearing that it kills you? That's very Candyman to me. You know what I mean? Like that's very Bloody Mary. Agreed. Like you say the Agreed. name in a mirror, you get what you get. Yeah. Um, you hear there's a videotape that kills people and you watch it, you get what you get. Um, the thing about the TikTok 
that is so funny is that it would just pop up on people's for you page, page. Totally. you can't escape yes it would just pop up totally unprompted other than you liking other spooky things like we would all be screwed just like but- how you can't escape the berries and cream song you would not get to escape this tiktok Berries and cream, berries and cream. You're gonna die in seven days. Berries and cream. I'm just doing my little dying in seven days lab dance. Oh my god, this is a curse song. I hate it so much, (laughs) but I love it too. (laughs) Berries and cream. Look, I had friends who had their berries and cream phase extensively in middle school already. I just don't don't know why we have to bring it back and why everyone won't let it go. Can we please? I don't. Gen uh, Z's first experience with berries and cream. They need to grow up. Some of us are older. (laughs) Everybody needs to go through that, you know? Uh, But I wish they could do it on the world stage like this. Berries and cream is a right of. Oh my God. No. But here's the thing some of those remixes slap. And I. They were very funny for five days. And now it's been 105 years day 20 of berries and cream i've lost all hope i consider deleting the app but no tiktok is worse (laughs) oh man okay before we got on to berries and cream and tiktok and all of that shit we talked about the fly and can i just tell you that another part the scariest part of this movie for me was the 10 minutes afterwards where i was searching through the movie once again to grab the audio clips for the pod. Mm-hmm. And as I sat there scrolling, scrolling through through Hulu, a fly started <gasps> like just chilling directly in front of me on my LaCroix. And then it like went inside of the can for a little bit. And so its wings were buzzing and it was making the extra buzzing sound. And it like literally would not go away. Like usually they'd make their rounds. Like it was just right there in front of me. And I was like, it's all over for me. It's all over for me. The, oh, the mark of the beast. The mark of okay, the beast. But also, what if it was the Brundle fly that she pulled? <gasps> Your boyfriend. And it was a nice crossover of the fly and the through like a clear reference. She picked it up and it was just Jeff Goldblum's fucked up face. And he says, <laughs> I want to be the first insect politician. That would have been a really great moment <laughs> honestly a missed opportunity for a clear reference um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Clear disappointed and disappointed in gore verbinski for not doing that for us <laughs> Catherine hardwick as well <laughs> she could have stepped in <laughs> why why wasn't she on set maybe she's the art director maybe that's our little jokey joke um did, did you laugh when i just said it yeah um yeah. but <laughs> we have revised <laughs> Just going to uh, rewind to that point in the recording session and, and start over. Um, I forgot what we were saying. We were really uh, saying anything. To invest we in Cap- about oh, something about the fly. Yeah, yeah. Catherine Hardwick. Uh, That's fine. But okay, anyway, I know that we've joke. been like all over this movie, but like the beginning, the opening scene, like every movie, not every movie, but like a lot of movies do that like little uh canned opener you know scream it was very scream adam wanted me to give him credit for saying that he said this opener is very scream and i was like and he was like quote me um especially because of the white uh home phone the big chunky white home phone so that that really brought it there but like this one was executed really really well i thought it was amazing i also love to see amber tamblin um 
And the fact, okay, something that I thought was annoying though about the this movie is that like Becca was so disturbed that she was sent to the insane asylum or whatever, and then becomes like clairvoyant or something about Samara moving forward. I thought that was a really weird part of the movie. She like reads Rachel's hand or whatever, and it's like you have four, four days. days. I was like, why is that happening? But whatever, I guess I don't get to ex- understand. Here's the thing. Once you get aware of the nice hospital socks, you just know everything. Like while you are wearing the comfy hospital socks, your third eye is open. I believe like, that. That's just scientific fact. I believe that. I think that's true. <laughs> that's definitely true. But yeah, I mean, on the Scream connection, um, again, I saw Scream 4 before I saw this movie. But, but Scream 4 is so... That one actually is like an incredibly clear reference to this movie. You know what I mean? Like, not only do you have the two girls like watching something and then talking about it, and one of them is like being a hater about stuff. Um, and because they in Scream Four, one of their little openers, they they're like shitting on scary movies and things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also, um, you have the like fake fake scare. Um, like they do in that movie. And then you also have like the real scare after that when it's like, I really can't find you when something's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I appreciated having like that baseline of knowledge. You know what I mean? Um, I wish I had seen it the other way around possibly. Um, but, but I think um, if the ring was referencing Scream, Scream 4 was absolutely referencing the ring. And it's it's, mm-hmm. its own nice little, cycle which cycles if you make them with your hands look like a ring which brings me actually to yeah I texted you guys earlier and I was like wow I just had a revelation about the ring and I'll share it with you later what Um, is your revelation it's not as exciting as I thought it was at first um because the 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 revelation um was that I always thought that the the ring, the title of the movie was about like the visual of the ring that you see, um, which is like the light at the top of the well um, that Samara is in. Um, but then on IMDb, there is a piece of trivia that said, although the meaning of the title, the ring is ambiguous, Koji Suzuki, the author of the original novel, always intended it to mean the cyclical nature of the plot rather than the phone ringing, which is where I went, what? People thought it was about the phone ringing? But that makes sense because in the Japanese version, they don't have that visual. That's not part of their movie. It's it's just the video. I mean, I'm sure there are other spooky visuals or whatever, but the, the circle that you see consistently throughout this film at significant points, um, including a little coffee ring on, on the newspaper and that being like a moment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's unique to this movie. So like, of course, the author of the original novel, which was adapted into the Japanese movie, he's not talking about that you know what I mean but but the idea that it could also be the phone ringing after you watch the tape is interesting on its own to me I never connected the phone ring to the title like that yeah I truly never would have me neither and that it totally makes sense but also it don't feel bad about that because they make it very clear throughout like that it's a visual thing before you die you see the ring you know what I mean it's not like you hear the ring um yeah 
it's not like the, the phone is what, what kill you is what kills you sure, in, sure, sure. in the American version. So don't feel too bad. <laughs> but speaking of the fun is what kills you. There was a little shout out to uh, one missed call in the IMDb trivia, which I remember watching at like a New Year's Eve party in 2007. So we should do that at some point as well. <laughs> I heard that one missed call from one of the articles I read about like US remakes. That one missed call is like the worst out of all the US. I remember from that being era. bad. Yeah. But also, I had to leave at some point because I was in the ninth grade and, you know, bedtime. Yeah. And I also didn't realize that like this movie like is the spark that got all of those other movies made because Mm -hmm. this movie did so well. Like a ton of J-horror and K-horror got made in U.S. versions for better or for worse. Um, So it was very influential in that way. It did fucking super well. I remember it was all that every anyone was talking about and I was like, please stop. You're scaring me and I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) from a production standpoint the this movie very much um can credit some of its success to the sixth sense and that sixth sense proved there was like a market for movies where the horror is more like um supernatural and not like real world which had been the trends for a while you know slashers very 90s Mm -hmm. um but between the Japanese version coming out and this movie coming out, IMDb said something like the budget for the film from when they optioned the rights, like ballooned like 40 times from where it started. And they um, they weren't sure how people were going to receive this movie at first. So they, they it came out in like mid-October. <laughs> Bless you. Um, they weren't sure how people were going to receive this movie at first so it came out like mid-October like October 18th to 20th I think were the dates um that that weekend and then they were like and if it does well we can expand how many theaters it's being released in the next week which would be right before Halloween and so it would be perfect and it had like the most crazy successful second weekend and then obviously it it became like the huge uh blockbuster hit that that it is yeah I went and saw this for my 12th birthday (gasps) (laughs) tell me everything tell me everything 12 year old me would have literally liquefied in the movie theater (laughs) like she could not hang I was hardcore. I, I know. Tuesday, I know. Like, like, and this was when, I don't know, like, I loved seeing all the brand new movies and all that kind of stuff. Like, I was in it up until uh, maybe, like, 2012. And then I started watching, like, I just started watching, I dated a guy who did act like. The 1980s horror only. <laughs> I didn't, I dated a guy who, like, didn't like watching horror movies so like wouldn't go see them with me Uh, and so I would just end up like watching old movies and like at home and also like this movie Jesse wouldn't watch with me I was like okay like we're gonna watch the ring and it was like late at night he's like no the fuck we're not (laughs) and I was like the only one who spooked but I was like okay little bitch like (laughs) little bitch what do you mean you won't watch this horrific movie right before bed and then let me <laughs> enjoy a nice peaceful slumber what yeah. do you mean <laughs> I also watched it right before bed and then enjoyed a nice peaceful slumber so I don't know yeah. what his problem is grow up okay <laughs> I know you're Honestly. a 31 year old man but grow up 
Adam also wouldn't watch it with me. He was like, this is the kind of horror that I can't handle. And I was like, what about this movie is so different? But also then also I was deeply like disturbed for a while afterwards in ways that I'm not always. But like the opening part, he was sitting next to me, like looking down at his phone, like the whole time. And then he would like watch it and his hands were both in both of his ears. This movie, the one thing this movie does do, because I listened to this one uh, or I watched this one with the subwoofer on. Um, and um, I'm doing that with all horror movies from now on. We had it off for what reason? To be nice to the neighbors. Her <laughs> <laughs> neighbor is cool. Um, but anyway, like this movie, half the scares are just things that are loud. Like that's. <laughs> That's half of the scares. And as someone who gets very scared about loud things, I was very scared. (laughs) There's so many big booms and shit. And I was like, that was a cheap shot. And it fucking worked. Okay, Maybe that was the thing. I was watching it too quiet because I was in my bed right with the the wall right next to my neighbor's bed. And I didn't. You should have just said, fuck it. Turn on the subwoofer. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Okay. No, no, no. The scariest part about this movie is the creepy child she does a great job of being creepy no 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 no, 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 no. the boy the other creepy oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) the other creepy child okay also i the alive creepy child the alive creepy child okay he is like him and rachel what's his name aiden 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 and rachel are like the archetype for Baba Duke, like that was oh, also yes. a Except reference. The thing is that at the end of Baba Duke, the mom was like, I need to be a better parent to my child. And at the end of this movie, she was like, your children are trying to tell you things, whether it's through pictures or writing or whatever. And like, at no point did she go back and talk to her child and be like, so we clearly need to be having more discussion. You know what? I- okay. In the beginning of the movie, when she picks him up from school, his teacher is literally like begging her to give a shit about her son. And she yeah. keeps just being like, he's fine and it's fine. And he talks about death all the time and it's fine. Um, yeah. Also, she she was like, she was like, yeah, his best friend slash cousin died three days ago. Um. Of course he's messed up of about it. Of course he's messed up about it. But also like the way she was saying it, she was like, it seemed like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like she was more yes. like flippant than anyone should be about their niece dying three years pr- or three weeks, three days, days. Excuse me, prior. <laughs> 72 hours. Okay. But yeah. I, as a small child who, and as an grown child who still calls their parents by their first name I love that he was like hello Rachel and I was like that was me as a child (laughs) okay but the thing is that like in the beginning and that that scene frustrated me so much the mom just kept being like no worries or whatever and it was like yes it is worries and then big the worries te- Rachel yes it yes it is absolutely worries big and then worries the teacher was like he's so self-sufficient and the mom was like if that's a problem you'd be the first teacher to say so and it's like <sighs> this teacher is observing your child at times that you're not there and they are literally begging you to be a parent to your child and you are simply being like no I won't at every opportunity 
And this teacher is pulling out these like pictures that your child has drawn showing that they've been focused on death in an unhealthy way for 10 days now. Um, yes. And he literally was like, oh yeah, that's definitely Katie that he was dry, the drawing under the ground. And she was like, yeah, well, she, she drew that. Which is so funny also because it's so generic. I'll die. Like a, a girl in hair. Like either Aiden like aided and abetted a killer to kill his cousin because he knew she was going to die <laughs> or like he's got some fucking clairvoyant shit happening and Rachel's just like, yeah, 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 shut up. Like, okay. <laughs> but but I thought, I thought it was going to come back around, besties. There's even a point at the end of the movie after the whole well scene with Samara where it's like, she's finally free or whatever. Um... Rachel literally says to Noah, the the baby daddy, she says, she just wanted to be heard. Sometimes children yell or cry or draw pictures. And I was like, yes, like your son, Rachel. And then at no point, she's like, I want him to not be dead. And then other than that, frankly, he is on his own. Yes. Oh, like, okay. I was fucking irate. Like I understood she was going through something because she had just watched the video. She just got the call. It's at seven and she was freaked out and so she was in her house freaking out in, in her bedroom freaking out but she let her little tiny boy who looks like he's five how old is he supposed to be he's like a 47 six? year old businessman okay yeah. i know that he is also a 47 year old businessman but he's like as short as like my knee like that's it um this is he boss let, she let baby him... okay <laughs> this, <laughs> this is boss, boss baby this oh boss my god baby. They, he let she let boss baby walk to school on his own when he is but a six-year-old boss rain. baby in the pouring rain buckets buckets <sighs> also like the moment when he mad dogs his dad i loved that moment I that was iconic that was an okay. iconic mad dogging moment <laughs> can we also talk about the hold that this movie has on millennials specifically with the names Noah and Aiden, like every single person that I know has children either named Noah or Aiden. And I think it is a clear reference to this movie. And they didn't know it, but it's not yeah. biblical, honey. No. It's from the ring. No, it's all <laughs> from the ring. <laughs> I did know a girl named Samara them. in middle school and she Ooh. did not like the comparisons. It is a really pretty name, but like, I'm not going to forget soon that that's the name of that fucking demon child. So well, what, what was the fact that it's like the, the burn tree uh, is like a specific the red maple. Yeah. And the fruit of it is called a Samara or something like that. I think that, I that sounds somewhere. vaguely familiar. Let me right? see if like, I, I think, have anything I in my I eye. I saw that trivia. in the trivia. I read it on the internet. It's obviously a fact. It's legitimate. Oh, no, it's true. I've heard that. We all know what they say about the internet. And what they say, I mean, what what we say. Berries and cream. Berries and Don't! Cream. <laughs> Not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here's an IMDb. I put it in my notes. The tree with the fiery red leaves featured in the movie is a Japanese maple. The fruit of this tree is known as a Samara. See? I retain things. I'm proud of you. That's Which amazing. is interesting because that's not Thank her you. name 
in the Japanese movie. In the Japanese movie, her name is Sadako. Interesting. But is the tree even in that movie? Because it's probably not, because apparently this movie is 50% different than the original. That's an interesting question. I have no idea. This is the only point in my notes where I have the word maple. So I just have that one piece of trivia about the tree. So <laughs> that's okay. The tree was a beautiful visual, but um, the, its meaning was something that I lost in the period where I could not even begin to try to pay attention because sure. it had just been going on. The hunt had been going on for much too long, but I was, I, the beginning of the hunt was really good. I loved that when she went to the fucking little shed in the middle of nowhere very spooky love that Good oh her. when she was going through like the photos of her nieces like away, <gasps> and they see like that last photo like after they all watch the video and their faces They're are all fucked up woggly I'm faces. sorry like that didn't scare me but it did like make me viscerally uncomfortable yes it's hard to, especially when noah sees himself on the security footage and is like what what's going on and that's like the moment that changes things for him um and and that he finally is like prepared to buy into it once he starts doing all those other photos of himself as well to check um but but God, that is like an arresting visual for sure, especially in that moment on the security footage because he's like moving and he's testing it and he's being like, why is this happening? Instead of just the still footage, I thought that was great. Yeah, he couldn't explain it away anymore. And that other lady saw it too. The lady was trying to get him to stop smoking. It's like, haha, honey, <laughs> smoking's not what's going to kill him. It's Samara. Um, But okay, this is like, kind of a non sequitur but I didn't want to forget there are so many good cameos in this movie and like they have to be shouted out and and the, I'm only going li- to list two actually but two are oh. better than none uh-huh. one of them is Polly Perrette who is uh the baby daddy's girlfriend aka yeah, the goth corner from NCIS oh my god yeah that's who I was talking about earlier Oh, I totally missed that. Sorry. Um, and also, we didn't talk about how Adrian Brody's in this. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes. That was. There's like, also somebody else that I recognized, but I. Five seconds. But oh, yeah, I I was mad. My my qualm with this movie is that it like packs such a punch at the beginning, and the amp up into the investigation is so good. Like she finds out that that Katie had a boyfriend that Katie was at a house with four people she finds out slowly that every single one of them died at the exact same time in different ways like it's so good she goes to the house she watches the video she gets so scared blah 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 blah. then she invites Davey into the mix she does all the spooky video stuff and then it just kind of like I get lost when they get to the island okay also Monica, you said Adrian Birdie, and it is actually Adam. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I, I always do that wrong. I always do that wrong. Who's Adrian Brody? That's a person. Adrian Brody is the guy with the nose, oh, and okay, Adam Brody is Seth Cohen from the OC. Okay, I'm sorry. And what's his face from Jennifer's Body? When it comes no. to Brodies, Adrian has my heart over Adam, and so that's why that happened. I'm sorry, I'm a Wes Anderson. When it comes to Brodies, I agree that Adam is the best. Yeah, I'm that an Adam. Not what I just girl. said. <laughs> oh, you said the opposite. Yeah, I said the opposite. Oh. 
<laughs> I was like, All right. thank you for agreeing with, I guess. <laughs> um, you can count that out. Cause I was just making a silly little joke. Um, <laughs> um, what were we saying? Um, no, Adam Brody, Adam Brody. I was, Oh, I was talking about how the film wise pacing wise, the movie was like really good at amping <gasps> oh! up the mystery and then like pretty much once they got to the island i kind of got lost in the sauce there it wasn't it didn't like pack the same spooky punches it was also frustrating because like i totally get where rachel's coming from she's like i don't want to believe that a child is evil you know it must be like the parents but i was just like the child is evil the child is evil i know the omen hasn't come out yet for you but like the child is evil like <laughs> Um, and it was just like frustrating. It was just frustrating. But before Honest? I thought of what we were going to say. Um, I didn't, I obviously knew Samara was evil. I didn't realize yet, actually, that was one of the things that I didn't know about this movie is that she's just maliciously evil. I thought it was the kind of thing like the autopsy of Jane Doe. Um, I know back to Brian Cox. Um, I thought it was like the autopsy of Jane Doe, you know what I mean? Where she's acting out harm against her kind of thing maybe um mm, but if okay. you are nicey nice to her then maybe it's gonna be like bad for you but okay generally speaking no 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 I like I thought when when Rachel has her whole moment with the well where she brings up the body and then is like it's all over I was like wow it's all over I assume there's gonna be another scare or something because I realize I'm not done with the movie yet and I've probably got like 20 minutes left so that there's got to be something else um but I didn't know like where it was going um, until it got back to Boss Baby and he was like, you helped her. And the second he said that, I, tr I truly did get chills in that moment and was like, no. Well, that's the fucking brilliance of this entire movie. Like if it just ended after the well scene, one, the I would have rolled other, my yeah. eyes so hard because like, ugh. I don't know the whole like because that was very cheesy savior that whole thing like oh it's solved like I don't know okay that that can be w well done but like the way the movie had gone until then it wouldn't have been well done like with that being the ending but like it's it's just so brilliant because I, I read this whole article they like lull you into this false sense of security they spend the last 30 minutes of the movie that I didn't pay attention to setting up the fact that like the parents were evil they did all these bad things they did all these bad things to Samara so you're like this is happy tied up in a bow everything is beautiful no no it's not everything fucking sucks <laughs> but like the br real brilliance of this movie, I think, is, okay, the scare is really, really good. I mean, let's talk about that first. The The scare that really fucks you up after your fake ending is everything that goes down with baby daddy, which he doesn't have a name. Um, Noah. Is Noah. Because um, that scare is absolutely so fucked up. And I, I, I'm so glad that they save any inkling of her like crawling out of the television until that moment because damn yeah. it because I knew she did hit. that obviously and then I, it was only at that moment where I was like oh yeah we haven't seen that yet obviously yeah. there's more on the rewatch I was like why is she not crawling out of the television in this opening scene I know she does that shit I've seen scary movie three um and also this movie um but yeah no they they save it to till when your guard's down man and and poor noah you know he gets got real bad 
what really fucked me up is when that one shot at the very, very end of the movie where they really quickly sh- like shoot to his face because you don't get to see his face. Oh! <laughs> yeah, it didn't even have a nose anymore. Things were not good for Noah. <laughs> oh, God. And it's so... Because it shows uh, Amber Tamlin's face and then, like, and Noah's face. And you're just like... And flat, also, you flat. feel so bad for the NCIS girl because she's gonna yeah! go find it. <laughs> yeah, why did that? It's like she like hides. Rachel like hides from NCIS girl <laughs> to be like not to not give her a heads up. Is this some like latent like fuck you for sleeping with Noah kind of thing, or is it just like she doesn't want to be implicated in the murder? I think she just um, had a lot on her plate. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I think she just frankly uh, was was overwhelmed. Um, But yeah, she probably wanted to get back to Aiden because she's like, fuck. Yeah, very fucked up. Um, She probably was like, oh, fuck. Well, if Noah's going to die or Noah is dead, we just dead. It very dead. Super dead. Um, then Aiden is next. <laughs> my sweet baby boy, my sweet boss baby. But yeah, I mean, looking at my notes, I was trying to find the moment where, where I was like, oh no, the girlfriend's coming home. And it's like, you know, I understand why she is not just doing anything. I'm not saying anything to Polly Perrette, but it is fucked up. Um, and then I found another part in my notes, um, which, which is right after the chills conversation. Um, and it was another moment where it was just like, honestly, if she ever had a single conversation with her son, like this would have been avoided. You know what I mean? If she ever sat down and paid her son like one moment of attention, this would be solved because he would have told her earlier, like, no, this, this is, I'm getting bad vibes here. The vibes are not right. Um, and I don't know, something, something could have been avoided. The vibes are all wrong in this movie the entire time. I think it's the green lighting. I like that. They did that on purpose for the vibes with the green lighting. They they perfectly were what perfectly. They purposely were like trying to trying to give it like a sickly feel. The IMDb says for the choice of the film's color, it was decided that everything was to be tinged with the color green to give the film a sickly, unnatural feeling. Sets were mm-hmm. also this is actually a really interesting detail that I did not notice, but I want to go back and see. Um Sets were also lit in a way that none of the characters have a shadow to create an almost subconscious sense of creepiness. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was so weird. I didn't notice that at all. And it works. Like the vibes here, like the entire movie, truly you just feel like uneasy the entire time. The entire time. And it stays with you, man. Before we get totally to the end, which really give you those never ending haunting vibes. um, There's a moment in this movie that I really could have done without, (laughs) but also it was fucking terrifying. So like it has to stay. Um, And before I really knew how far it was going to go, I wrote in my notes, damn, it sucks that watching the video, the killer video makes horses fucking hate you. Like that blows. 
<laughs> Don't. That blows. <laughs> this is literally the anti-horse girl movie. Like, oh, it is. Uh, it literally shows a horse girl's life end, you know, like her whole world. Like, and frankly, I did write in my notes, it totally figures that she's a horse girl because that shot of her just like brushing her hair in the mirror, that's a, a horse girl thing horse to do. Horse girl energy. That's horse girl big, energy. Horse girl big energy. horse girl energy. Okay, but let's talk about the actual tape because this is so fucked up. Could you imagine like watching it and then being like, what the fuck did I just watch? And yes, I can. Yes, yeah. They make later. you watch it in this and movie. <laughs> also, here's the thing. I think we've talked about this a little bit before, um, but people of our age, roughly speaking, um, Unfortunately, we're on the internet at a time where I would not have been shocked to come across something that looked exactly <laughs> like this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I watched all those terrible videos about um, people putting glass jars and parts of their bodies and then it shatters. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Obviously, two girls, one cup circulated like, big time. Oh, what was that? Mr. Hands? salad fingers like all of this random stuff no this no you're talking about the horse guy right i'm talking about the horse guy yeah yeah yeah, yeah i just yeah, think... leave it at that <laughs> uh, yeah and i don't know what you're talking about and that's okay no you me. don't want to know uh, you're blessed, I'll, tell you Chelsea. I'll tell you when you're older yeah <laughs> thank you there are so many terrible terrible things that we saw on the internet as children because our parents didn't not yet like fully grasp the true horrors of the internet they were like if you're not talking to a stranger honestly it's fine um and we were all talking I was, to strangers I was, I and was. watching people get decapitated like I just, yes. that's what we that's did on the, the internet i was so on omegle all the time if oh. this had popped up you know what i mean on whatever one of those little websites was e-bombs world or whatever <laughs> i would not have been at all shocked I would have been like this is scary or like this is creepy or this is disgusting but like it would have absolutely would have died with literally any other piece of cinema on there cinema this cinema. would have been a great video for rotten.com oh my god okay can I say that I loved when Noah watched the video and he was like yeah it seems like some like film student thing <laughs> <laughs> like, that was his reaction <laughs> like not that good um but like okay production quality <laughs> it's very art house you know like very art sure, sure, sure. <laughs> i like rem always think that it's going to be more fucked up than it is and then also it's always more fucked up than i think it's going to be <laughs> like i don't know how it's both but we got the wiggy fingies we got the finger through the nail we um, got the creepy centipede which just those things freak me out just it was too big I don't like centipedes and I'm terrified of grasshoppers and crickets. Like don't crickets. Like, yep. They, As you know, they, it jumps. It's not for me. So I'm yeah, with you. I like, like seeing them from far away, but they can jump way too far. Nope. Don't trust them. No, don't like crickets them. Crickets are good. Nope. Crickets are bad. Also, if they get in your house, you're fucked. It's all over. That's not true. They get in my apartment all the time. I know, not but all the you time. can't sleep at night because there's one like under your bed going like choo, choo all night long until it dies and then you're sad <laughs> maybe they 
just um get out with me on the same vibrational oh. frequency we we vibe too hard you know what yes. i mean Chuff just um, vibe hard with crickets. absolutely me me and the crickets um because it's they get they get in here and I, I catch them and i put them outside i have a special cricket catching cup that i save mm-hmm. for such purposes um and i always put them outside i don't kill the crickets because that feels like it would be bad luck um but they've never chirped i always just see them good so they're well just behave crickets yeah me and me and the crickets can't really um, <laughs> but, okay, but yeah there's a lot this, of this video sorry you do it you were gonna do no, it no no no. i was gonna change the subject oh okay oh. good 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 i was Wait, just gonna say more. i loved like seeing like watching the video and then seeing like all the real life like yes. them like that i did love like that connection of her being like, I remember this, like I've seen this before. I'm seeing, like, it's like burned now in her brain. She's seeing Literally. the ladder. She's mm-hmm. seeing, the ladder you know, part like, was so good. Know what I mean? Like that was something that I, and you were always like waiting to be like, was this in the movie? Oh my God, this was in the movie. And so that was, I think that kept me a little bit more engaged. Like Monica, were you zoned out? I was like very much into being like, oh, this was in like this was in the debt the killer video. This was in the killer video. I need video. to rewatch it, <laughs> but I gotta wait a few years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that part that was well done. The parts I caught, you know, they, that was well done. Um, but yeah, I mean the story. It's the saddest story ever told, even though Samara is like evil, because you know, like the mom, like wants children for forever and never ever stop trying and they finally adopt this child and she happens to be evil um and then she drives what it's a little bit annabelle creation you know what i yes. mean yeah, yeah. they don't they just say she was adopted uh but no, they stole her but, and so then the like, ring where did comes she up come with, from? like a whole new thing yeah where they're, yeah. they're like actually it's this other thing and it's like well i haven't seen that movie so that's not my business um but, but yeah, I mean, in animal creation, obviously they lose their job. Sorry. Oh, sorry. If you skipped that episode, whatever. Anyway, it's fine. Um, they lose their daughter and then they're like, we'll do anything to have our daughter. You know what I mean? And they end up with Annabelle as oh, we yeah. know and love her. Um, and in this movie, it's the same kind of thing. Like desperation can push you into, um, making deals with people you shouldn't make deals with taking risks that you shouldn't take um accepting circumstances you will come to regret later on um and it it's it's sad but also like don't fuck with demons yeah the devil knows when you're desperate he'll come for you <laughs> but i mean it, it is it really it is a really fucking sad story that it's it's rather bleak because like the mom, you know, kind of goes crazy because Samara makes her see horrible images. Also, Samara kills all of her beautiful horses, um, <laughs> you know. But OK, I would say another mo- part of the movie that like had to have happened, but like was a little uh, a little cheesy for me, but I still loved it. OK, one before we get to that, right before the scene, <laughs> when Rachel gets yeeted into the <laughs> fucking well by the TV falling down and smacking her into it, that's the funniest part of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I did laugh. 
Unfortunately, it it a little bit breaks whatever spooky spell you may have had in that moment. Because it's that that was a direct reference to Mouse Hunt. That's the tension that happens in Mouse Hunt. That's literally it the comes back around. It comes back around to Mouse Hunt. So he was like, you know what? There haven't been enough hijinks and like floors breaking and ha 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 TV. Like the, the staticky TV coming to get her, you know, it's like a little heavy handed, but we like that. Um, but the flashback where you learn everything once she's in the, when she's in the well, she has this flashback where she can see what happens with Samara. Um, and, you know, it is it's so fucked up the mom literally tries to like suffocate her to death with a black bag thinks that she's done it did not do it and then throws her daughter into a well where she then is alive for seven days scratching her nails off of her fingers trying to climb up the well it is just as bleak as it gets (laughs) and apparently when you see her in the movie she has nails at no point like they they stuck to that detail which is i didn't notice but i'm certainly going to go back and look for it um but the that death scene was going to be like even more gruesome until they cut it down for a pg-13 rating instead but it was going to be like she tries to suffocate her with a bag it doesn't work she hits her over the head with a rock it doesn't work she smashes her head into the well it doesn't work that's when she gives up and throws her down inside of it and just like oof what there's what a mess also there's this actually a shit ton of references to the ring in Annabelle creation because there's also a well in that too oh yeah <gasps> that's true damn never thought a about clear that reference. a clear reference a clear reference <laughs> but yeah I mean I think um in terms of deleted materials and stuff like that there's a lot of really really interesting things about this movie and this brings us also to the end of the movie that I want to talk about because originally the plan was to have an opening scene with a guy played by Chris Cooper who's playing like a serial killer or a murderer or something who goes to Naomi Watts Rachel's character who's an investigative journalist as we know and he was going to be like can you look into my case and like try to prove that I'm innocent or whatever. And I, I guess the kicker is that obviously he's not. Um, but so that was going to be like one of the opening scenes is that he goes to her and is like, help me prove my innocence. Um, and she says no. And then at the end, I don't know, maybe he gets let off or something, or maybe he, she just is like, I have to show this tape to someone to save my son. Who do I show it to? Um, I'm going to send it to this murderer who reached out to me and I have his contact information. Um, yeah. That, which is- that murderer I have on speed Oh yeah, now. that murderer. <laughs> who could I kill? Oh, yeah. oh murderer. I know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was the original intent um, is they were going to like bookend the film in that way. Um, and then they decided not to do that because people were like, why isn't he in the rest of the movie? Um, yeah. which, you know, fair enough. Um, cause I guess it was too prominent to see and people thought it was set up. Um, but also I think what's interesting is like the, it's not just making a copy. It's like, distributing a copy is what saves you not just showing the movie to someone else which is more directly it follows-esque it's that also you have to make more of it um so that it reaches more it's it's a pyramid scheme is what it is it's an mlm it's an mlm (laughs) rachel's the original samara's the original 
MLM. Again, she's true girl evil. bossing too close <gasps> wow. to the side. Uh, good for it her. Good it for her. But yeah, I mean, what I think is really interesting about this movie, what I liked is, is like the final scene is probably my Same. favorite thing about this movie. Because first of all, that Chris Cooper serial killer murder thing, stupid. Hate it. Glad it's not in here. Stupid. Like it would also would have been kind of tying it up in a bow too much for me too. Cause it's just like, oh well, we had to kill someone else. But don't worry, it was a murderer. So everything's okay again. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But what's what I like, um, well, in the in the Japanese version, apparently, um, I don't know what the relationship is there, um, but the Rachel character in that movie to save her son shows it to someone else who I don't know that I want to say, but for, for spoiler purposes, in case we get oh, yeah, to it and you say, don't, don't know. Don't say, I don't want to okay. know. Um, but they decided to change it in the American version because they wanted the character of Rachel to, to still be likable. Um, and that's why they were like, oh, we'll just make it a murderer. Um, but what I think is so great about this ending is that it's it's obviously doesn't um, it obviously does not feature the characters turning around to look into the camera and be like, see, we showed it to you. Yes. But like, that's what the movie is that's doing. And that's what's too. so fun and so cool. That's why this movie haunts you forever afterwards, because like in that moment, it feels like. Like, what's going to happen to you, Monica Height, sitting mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, California, who just watched this film? Like, that's how I fucking felt. That's how you're supposed to feel. Oh, God. And especially when they show the little little clips really fast right at the end, too. Just as a reminder. Yeah, bitch, you saw that shit. Like, if yeah, my phone rang right then, the I would have passed away. <laughs> there also was, like, Forget another... Seven days. <laughs> there also was, like, another alternative ending where you just, like... I think it was supposed to be like a post credit scene before like Marvel did the whole thing where you just see them returning uh, like <gasps> oh, video tapes to, yes. block, to like a blockbuster thing. And they put a copy of the tape in one of those and it was displayed as like employees favorite pick. Because there was like a previous deleted scene where they rented a movie and the employee was like, that's your pick or whatever. So it's just like some bitchy employee, which not really fair. Um, <laughs> not really equal levels of cruel. You know what I mean? Murderer um, or a snooty film student at Blockbuster. But yeah, for <laughs> me, that's what like- that's what really elevated this film. Like not only are the visuals super, super spooky um, at all times, you know, with the, what, what, what are you calling them, Monica? Wiggy thingies. Oh, wiggy thingies. Wiggy, wiggy thingies. thingies. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, yeah. Not term. only with the wiggy thingies and like the, the candle wick string in the mouth, whatever, you know what I mean? All of those visuals oh, truly God. super disturbing. Um, I forgot about but that part. What oh, also, don't for forget about Brian Cox's fucking beautiful scene. Oh, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is scary and also was supposed to be a lot more graphic originally. Um, oh, and really? then they had I to think cut it, it down. Was just enough. <laughs> sure. It was great. Um, and it was also really interesting to like have that moment because it, it, it makes you like mad at him. You know what I mean? That he's not giving us answers at that point in the movie, which is the good setup for that, for them to be like, see the parents were wrong. Um, and then mm -hmm. it turns out maybe the parents weren't so wrong. Um, yeah. But that's what's what 
really pushes this movie over the top for me because like I said I don't need it to make sense but also there are like details that I want to nitpick you know what I mean like something you mentioned earlier discovering the four kids um Amber Tamblin and her boyfriend and the two friends they all had the exact time of death that would work for me if it wasn't 10 p.m which feels like they just rounded you know what I mean yeah um and and like and also that they would have, or, yes, yeah. that they would have started or ended the movie right at 10 o'clock is also stupid. Not that I think that an obituary would be like, he died at 10, 13 PM. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So maybe that one's just on me, but like that a little eh, for me. And then like, there are so many moments in this movie where a character goes, what did they do to you, Anna? Or something like that. Like, what happened to you, Anna? Which is fine, but is um, a little oversaturated in media. Maybe it wasn't in 2002. Maybe The Ring was the first one to do it. Probably not. Um, But that moment is always like so cheesy. You know what I mean? Um, I felt like the visual of the tree was like a little cheesy a lot of the times. Um, And if they had just been like, yay, the evil has been defeated um, after the Samara thing. Or if they had been like, no, we're going to use this tape to kill this murderer and then we're fine. That would be not not the movie that we got. The fact that it turned around on the audience is what I loved so much because it's part of that thing that I always talk about, which is like the collaborative experience of like media and the audience. You know what I mean? You're, you're creating an experience together and that ties it all together in a really cool, fun, interesting, engaging way. And they also did so much fun shit with like the promotion of this movie and the way they like packaged it after the fact, like they um, uh, made a bunch of tapes with the spooky footage and just like left them at concerts and stuff like that. And they like put them on like random movie chairs at on during the opening weekend. Very and Blair there's, Witch. Like, yeah, yes. there's like a DVD extras where it's like you if you click on it it'll take you to the cursed video and it won't let you click off anything until it's done and but there's like a sound of a phone ringing afterwards when the screen is black and like there are so many things like that if you get the VHS tape if you I I don't know how this worked exactly I don't know if they like gave you the movie and it was already not rewound all the way to the beginning or something like that. But if you rewound it all the way to the beginning, it would have the cursed footage and then a black screen and then the sound of a phone ringing. And then the movie would like the previews would start. Do you remember how VHS has had previews? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was like even before the previews, they had the cursed footage in there. Like they had a lot of fun with that, like creating that ongoing collaborative experience with mm-hmm. the audience. And that's what I think really rocks here. Totally. It's just like jump scares. I love them. They're all well and good, but like that type of like, you know, manipulation at the end where it's like, yeah, you know how you watch this movie. It's over for you, babe. It's over. Like I love, I loved that. And I did not sleep that well last night. So it worked. (laughs) (laughs) But we should probably get into our segments. Um, Segmentos. Oh yeah. Mm. (laughs) The first one being, how could it be gayer? And the first thought that I had with this is that I felt chemistry between the teacher and Rachel before Rachel was being so rude. (laughs) (laughs) There was like some weird, like body language stuff going on. Um, I got a vibe from the teacher um Rachel trying to be cool girl mom sitting on top of the desk instead of getting on the same level 
as the teacher. One at first was rude, but then I was like, maybe she's just trying to be like, let me look down into your eyes, that kind of a thing. So um, would have been better for her to, you know, maybe be with the teacher who understood her son instead of who wants to um, emotionally support yeah, her son. Yeah. Wants to uh, emotionally support her son instead of Noah, who Ugh. is a fuck boy and then tells the son the most bullshit reason ever for why he wasn't his daddy. Like, the my daddy was I'm a bad a daddy, so I decided to, you. to yeah. have you. I decided to be a bad daddy. Like, what? Okay. He is hot, though. So He's very hot. Here's the thing. I, this first time I thought him, I was like, oh, who's that hot guy? And then once we actually got to know his character more, I soured on him because he sucks so hard. And then even when they're trying to be at the end of the movie, like he doesn't suck. They're going to get back together. I was like, ew, no, I'm not here for this romance at all. I'm literally not at all interested <laughs> in this, but there yeah. is a line when Rachel is trying to ingratiate herself with Becca's friends and get, get information. Um, she says, me and my girlfriend used to sneak up to my room, get high. And I'm sure that the movie thought that they were saying her and her female friend. No, that's her girlfriend. She was talking about having a girlfriend. And I wrote in my notes, girlfriend, you gay? And then the movie just moved on, which is so fucking true because the answer is <laughs> yes. She, it totally. And she also like was kind of alluding like, oh, what were Becca and Katie doing that night? And like, obviously she meant drugs. And in my mind, I was like, gay sex. I was like, is she alluding <laughs> to that being in a relationship? <laughs> Which I would have liked that too. That could have been great. If only Katie had gone for Becca, she never would have been with that fuckwad who showed her the video and ended her life. Exactly. Well, I don't. I don't, that's, that, that is the answer. Um, but I don't know that it was Josh's fault. I don't know that we really have information about that um, in the movie itself, but IMDb says that like, um, they were trying to record, uh, maybe I didn't understand this. They were trying to record the sports game or whatever. And what came up on the tape instead was the cursed video. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's not his fault. It's not his fault, but it's her if she'd been with Becca, she never would have been with him. That's true. And so it never would have happened, which is the point. <laughs> if she'd been with Becca, they never would have had to watch a sport in the first place, potentially. Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> During that part, I was like, wow, you know, this could actually never happen to me because never would I be caught watching football. Never would I be caught trying to record football. So, you know. Sorry, Sydney. It, you're out. Sorry, Sydney. It's over for you. Eh. <laughs> but oh that reminds me of another deleted thing sorry this is not gay um the the whole cabin thing what? was also supposed to be like a bigger plot line because the cabin owner in guy was gonna die and be one of the ring victims as well after rachel said there was gonna be like a whole bunch more ring victims basically um and then i could have done with like down. one more yeah a but, little but less spooky uh like you know traipsing through the island to find secrets a little less library time I think one sure. less library <laughs> and one more kill would have been good for me but yeah that was gonna be another thing um and also I feel that I'm making this relevant to this segment now just just because I can I feel that owning an inn in the woods by yourself alone person that has gay vibes to me totally and he showed her yes. magic as soon as she walked in the door not that magic is always gay, but it was a little exciting, you know, and I feel like that goes into his whole his whole little beautiful 
persona that he has. He just plays magic by himself in his cabin <laughs> on his own. <laughs> um, also, okay, another thing I wanted to mention with that scene, that was an obvious reference to Evil Dead, the Evil Dead. Um, because mm -hmm. finally Rachel's like, shut the fuck up. And she's like, wow, yeah, you did guess my card. Exactly like Shelly and Linda. Beautiful. <laughs> it was gay there and it's gay here. <laughs> okay so next up is where where is our boy matthew lillard and the answer is why wasn't he in this movie because he totally could have been it was 2002 it would have been a perfect time and he should have been somewhere in there something here's the thing he, he should have been the cabin owner that's doing the magic yeah who, but they gay. would keep Yes, and but they should have kept the death in. I think if Matthew Lillard was in there, mm. he should have yes. gotten a good groovy death. He's good at dying in films. I love but him. Did oh. Scooby Doo come out in two thousand and two? So like maybe he, could have he had was two movies in too one busy year. Busy being Shaggy. Shaggy is an all-encompassing kind of thing. I get it. <laughs> the thing that I read on IMDb about this movie is that um, Gore Verbinski like purposely cast um, lesser known actors who hadn't necessarily like broken into the mainstream yet. Not not necessarily nobodies, um, but like Amber Tamblyn, you know, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants was later. Joan of Arcadia was the next year. Um, and, and Martin Henderson, sorry to this man, but I don't know him. Um, and Naomi Watts is Naomi Watts. But again, I kind of looked at her, her IMDb and there was nothing like huge before this. Oh, this um, one, like skyrocketed her. Yeah, yeah. But but IMDb said that they really wanted to kind of have um, lesser known actors so that the film would be discovered by audiences instead of people like following an actor to the theater. But also take that with a grain of salt because the very next IMDb trivia entry was the role of Rachel was first offered to Jennifer Connelly and also offered to Jennifer Love Hewitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Beckinsale. And so I was like, okay, well, now I don't know what to believe. But um, <laughs> disregarding all of that, Matthew Lillard absolutely should have been in this movie. He should have. Yeah. And the innkeeper would be sense. perfect for him. Stunning. It would have been stunning placement. We're at 127. So we got to like spit on through the rest of the shit. Um, okay. Just so you guys know. Yeah. But um, there's a couple. We've got probably at least like three or four minutes of long pauses to cut out. All yeah, my yeah, berries yeah. I and think cream. there's some other good stuff of every that. single berry there's and some cream. stuff we can cut out. Yeah. Berries uh, and cream. Okay. Berries no. Girl, girly girl. I need to stop saying girly girl though, because I am saying it constantly lately, and I'm gonna accidentally misgender somebody. I have not heard you say that once. It's in right my now. notes one billion times because I I'm already trying to cut back on it, which is why I'm trying to say it last. But if you saw my <laughs> Evil Dead notes, also you would be like, oh, she sure is doing girly, girly girl, girl. Girly girl. Girly girl, do not go in there. Yeah. Oh my god, this is that's like very auntie energy, and I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, I okay. have quote ask her where she keeps her Viking girly girl, and then quote no worries, girly girl. Yes, it is worries here in my notes. So you know, girly girl, if you don't talk to your son for details, walking under a ladder is bad luck, girly girl. Girly girl, we can't just murder our daughters because they are giving us a mental health crisis. True. That's all of the girly girls in here. <laughs> um, okay. 
So next we have to do dumb bitch. Um, and it's hard for this one because everybody makes mistakes <laughs> in this film. <laughs> um, but I feel like for me, though I love her, it's Rachel because she's a bad parent. <laughs> and it oh, really that's comes very compelling. to the head when like she's knows that she has a cursed videotape, actually two cursed videotapes <laughs> in the house. And she does not lock them up so her son cannot watch them. She leaves them in a place where her son can easily watch them. Um, and that's a big dumb bitch energy. I think it's, I think we could just say bad parenting is the dumb bitch of this movie. Sure. You've got yeah. Samara's parents who oh. like are bad. I mean, like they're not bad bad but like still like she is evil but it's still I still think you can't uh murder your daughter just because she's evil you know what I mean I don't know what the solution is um but not that you feel a greater responsibility to the world at large and horses everywhere um but but yeah I still think don't murder your daughter generally generally speaking I feel like that should be a rule don't murder your daughter I also feel like the tree house in the barn in the sky um and that's where she sleeps is a little bit of a bad move um sure don't know how that would really ingratiate yourself with your your evil daughter you know what i mean you're not gonna get on her good side making her sleep in a scary room on the barn yeah we're like you take away the ladder and she's trapped up there unless she jumps down and then she die so like pretty evil um yeah so I agree with you uh Sydney I think bad parenting takes bad the cake parenting <laughs> hard to narrow it down any further honestly it's just yeah, nitpicking no. at that point they're all pretty bad <laughs> every parent here not very good Noah oh my god <laughs> right barely let's not even <laughs> barely can count him uh, but okay so that brings us to our knives out of fives and Chelsea you said that you had some interesting data to show us about this film yeah, 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 yeah. So on IMDb, this movie got 7.1 out of 10. Um, and critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 71% fresh. Which, a lot of sevens. Yeah, 7.1, 71, same, same thing, basically. Seven um, days? Wow. wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Oh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> that's sure the point I was number. making. <laughs> um, you're too smart for me. Uh, but yeah, I mean- 71% fresh from critics. Um, the kicker is that audiences gave it 48% rotten, which is quite the discrepancy. Um, that said, Davy Chase, Davy Chase, however you say her name, she won MTV Movie Award for Best Villain. Um, and this movie was nominated for Best Movie at the MTV Movie Awards. And it won Best Horror Thriller at the Teen Choice Awards. So while audiences may have said it was rotten, they did still like it. I mean, the obviously they liked loved it. it. The teens were all about it. Okay, and back in the day, in 2002, Teen Choice Awards and MTV Movie Awards, those had a lot more clout. Those had big clout, okay? So that means a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I see that. I could see that. I could see an adult being upset because they're like, this movie is about bad parenting and I feel like seen, you know? Uh, and a child <laughs> being like, a scary baby. Oh, my God. Amazing. Uh, Amber Tamblin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, 
I think the thing is that I absolutely understand and relate to the people who said that this movie is rotten because there are so many things about it. If you really get into the nitty gritty and the middle of the movie that are like cheesy or silly or a little dumb. But I also think that the marketing is really smart and they had so much fun with that aspect of of this film and that aspect of creating a film which I think um is is something we don't always take into account usually because there's not much there to take into account um but also that the the scary visuals are truly so fucked up to look at you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and that is where the strength of the movie really resides and then also the ending is is for me um enough to make me forget about it and completely ignore all of the things that I didn't like you know what I mean so like is it a perfect film no I absolutely relate to those rotten ratings, but also it's redeemed enough that I would give it like a solid four knives out of fives. I also give it a four out of five knives. I I love this movie. I don't know if it's because like I saw it as a kid and it like really fucked me up, but it was like so fun. Know what I mean? Like, I think this is like the movie... Like, I will watch movies and, like, scare movies, and I'll be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then afterwards, I'm, like, on an adrenaline high, and I'm like, fuck yeah. And people are like, why are you like this? And I'm like, it's like a roller coaster, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this movie, I think, was, like, my, like, my big, big, scary, got to see it in the theater. Know what I mean? And so I was just like- Turning 12. Right? It's a big year for a young girl. (laughs) Right? All the hormones, all the scary movies. I was ready. Right there. And I I haven't watched it in a really long time. And it it wasn't as scary this time, but it did where I was really scared. Now I just felt like dread. And so it yes. like it made me feel something different than what it originally made me feel. And I thought that was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm also I'm also white with you guys. I'm also gonna give this four knives out of five. <laughs> uh, we're in, we're all Perfecta. in unison. But Look yeah, like this movie, I like I said, lost me in the middle, but I still like I'm so glad I saw it again. Like I still love it. I still had a really good time. I you know, yesterday was just a long day. My brain couldn't hold on. It's not their fault. Uh, but like a movie that has like this sort of like staying power and like haunting energy surrounding it. Like the fact that it absolutely scared me shitless and I never even fucking saw it as a kid. Like I was terrified just of the concept of it. That's good marketing, honey. Like they did a really good <laughs> job. Um, Like that's, that's brilliant. And the fact, and, and, and you're right, Chelsea, I agree with you so much. The ending I found to just be so brilliant. I was like, jumping up and down in my seat at the end because I was like fuck this is terrifying like he they don't need to break the fourth wall they they just basically do it's just like you just watch the shit you're gonna die and I wish someone had called me in that moment so I could have passed out um it would have been amazing they should have just had the ring you know 
just happen right at the end. That's my only critique. Maybe it happens after the credits. Um, but anyway, I, I, I had a blast watching this movie again. Um, four out of five nights. Well, that brings us to our next episode. It's very special. Sydney, would you like to tell us all about it? It's my birthday episode. It's not on my birthday. My birthday is on the 24th. So everybody better wish me happy birthday. Happy birthday to Sydney. Happy birthday. Thank you. But do not sing to me. I will cry. Okay. So do not. (laughs) Important. Good to know. Very important. Fun fact about me. Um, But... Like I said in our uh, little Binny, Binny, uh, mini bonus <laughs> episode, uh, we're going to be doing a 1990 classic, just like me, Stephen King's It. A whole thing, baby. <laughs> it's going to be a three hour journey. So start watching right now (laughs) so you have time to finish it before next week. (laughs) And so I've never, I love the, the nineties Tim Curry one so much that I refuse to watch the new ones. So I definitely want to hear from everybody. Like if the new ones are worth me watching or if I will just shit on them and hate them. Because I am coming in as a I'm going to hate them attitude. Here's what I can tell you is I started to watch part one with some friends and then we gave up and watched something else instead. (laughs) Um, So I don't know that they're worth a watch. I do follow someone on Twitter who's obsessed with them, but was obsessed with them before she ever watched them because of a particular ship in them, which presumably Mm -hmm. I think is a canon ship. So I'm excited to see it in the original possibly or or whatever hints of it there exists there um and i'm hoping that my experience with this it is a little better than the experience that i tried to have with with the newer it that that but just didn't come you, together for me as someone who a 90s one no i haven't seen that oh. the one the new one is the only thing i had seen oh. at all okay oh chelsea I'm excited for you. I didn't like that you just said my name. Oh. Why did that? It was just a little experience that I had. Sorry. <laughs> uh, as someone who has seen the old and the new ones, um, I love the new ones, but also they have a lot of flaws, a lot of flaws. But I mostly love the new ones because I fucking loved all the kids they cast in the first one. Oh, the casting um, was spectacular. For oh, sure. the casting was amazing. All those kids are fucking hilarious and they do like a really great job in the movie and they're absolutely adorable. Um, that said, there are some choices that are made that are questionable, but oh. I'm glad to go back to the OG. But a fun fact was uh, going back to the ring. Uh, the ring was the highest like earning remake ever until the new it came out oh oh damn so yeah we did that on purpose that we planned we read that and we were like oh yes of course (laughs) but anyway so join us next week we're gonna celebrate sid's birthday it's gonna be lit um but you know what? Didn't you have a good time? Wouldn't you think about wouldn't wouldn't you think it'd be fun to give us a five star rating? For Sydney's birthday for on my Apple, birthday. For her birthday on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. You have so many options. Oh my God, it would just be a great gift. Um, also, you could follow us on social media at spooky underscore Tuesday on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. 
Um, we're going viral there these days. You might not have heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> we're also on Facebook and Tumblr at Spooky Tuesday Pod. And finally, follow us on Letterboxd at Spooky Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Bye, Spookies. Before you die, you see the ring. <laughs> Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara. And our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore OMG. 